You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am because I get to learn from some of the best minds ever. And our goal with this podcast is just to pass along that information to you. So keep showing up so you can create a better practice and a better life. And today we bring on one of our favorites again. His name is Dr. Drew McDonald. I love how this kid thinks. He's in the middle of one of the most important conversations in all of dentistry. And today we talk about kids getting hurt, the consequences on facial growth. It is awesome. Please listen to this. I hope you enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Uh, this is a dream come true for me because I get to hang out with the single coolest or collective coolest uh, speakers, teachers, and all of dentistry. And today you're going to see a regular guest or hear from a regular guest that's just become a rock star in dentistry, Dr. Drew McDonald. We're going to be talking about kids getting hurt, consequences on facial growth, and why that's such an important dialogue today. Drew, thanks for being on, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me again. Always fun to hang out with you. Yeah, I get to, I, you know, I, I get to sequester some time before you take off for the 4th of July and, and, uh, talk about something that's important, but Drew, I, uh, I always loved starting here. We're going to talk about this subject, which I think is an awesome one. Uh, I want people to know who you are. I always want people to know who you are and I'll, I'll put out this Drew's masterclasses are the most requested we've ever had. We've done hundreds of them. And so uh, if you want a copy of his free masterclasses, you can uh, just send me an email, kirkadakdental.com. You're going to see how brilliant this guy is. But I want people to know who are listening. Who's Dr. Drew McDonald? Who are you, brother? Yeah, well, I'm honored to always be here in the masterclass thing. That's a, that's a cool insight. Make sure to rub that in on my good friends who you interview as well. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I... I, I, I'm gonna not for dramaticness, but you know who I am is I'm a failure who's learned from my mistakes and learned from the, the failures that I've had over time. Um, I know we're kind of a recent event that reminded me of all that was uh, things regarding my baseball career. I was watching the College World Series uh, the last couple of weeks, and I played college baseball. I was drafted by the Seattle Mariners, 
what I think all of my career in baseball taught me was that it's okay to fail and that you better learn from it though. And so, I mean, I was a probably a career 200 hitter. I wasn't a good hitter. I was a much better uh, defensive catcher than I was uh, anything with a bat. But you learn a lot from failure and you learn how to bounce back. And a lot of what has driven me in the dental world has been trying to discover why did I fail on certain things, especially orthodontics. I mean, shoot, we one of the biggest issues that we run into as orthodontists is relapse. Why did everything we just tried to, to, to accomplish, why are we watching it unravel? And the topic we're going to talk about today is one of the one of the most important issues that I see, which is that a lot of things under the surface, especially joints, airway issues, uh, issues with kids' necks or adults' necks, can really be the undoing of their bite, of their occlusion, of their growth, and they start early in life. Yeah. So, and when you say kids getting hurt, consequences on facial growth, you mentioned something before we hit the go button on the Instagram. Uh, talk about that. Yeah. So I, I talk all the time, you know, one of the biggest things that comes up in, in my everyday uh, exams on young kids, I saw, I was telling you earlier, I saw a little four-year-old guy yesterday. He came in, he's not growing well. His lower jaw is extremely retronathic. He's very class two. He also has a big uh, bilateral crossbite. He's extremely narrow development. And this little kid's jaws also click and pop. And as I'm doing my exam, I'm asking parent or his parents, I said, hey, you know, I'm, does he ever mention this to you? And they go, well, we just thought that was normal. We, we thought everyone's jaws click and pop. And, you know, we didn't know he was hurting, but he said it right here. And my next question immediately is, well, do you recall any, you know, head or neck trauma, any, even beyond that, any just falls, falls down the stairs, normal, typical kid stuff. And to a T, a lot of parents go, well, we never had a car accident. We never had, you know, there wasn't, he he never had to go to the hospital or anything, but we do remember, you know, just normal kid stuff, right? Well, what I was talking about with you is that normal kid stuff is, is, pretty rough. Um, I see it all the time. I've got two girls myself. They're 11 and seven. And if you've ever been to a cheerleading camp, if you've ever watched kids in any summer camps right now, in terms of, you know, just how they play with each other, if you've ever been to a trampoline park, if you've ever literally just hung out, you've probably seen kids get whacked in the head, face, fall down, whatever it is. And those issues, those, those injuries, although not needing to go to the ER or, you know, they're not bleeding, they're not, you know, having a big issue where you think you have to take them to see somebody, those types of injuries can very often have uh, effects on our facial growth, especially if there's a whiplash type of incident. And the biggest structures that get affected by this are our joints, TMJ joints. Uh, our nasal airway very often gets uh, infected too. So there's, I see so many young kids with deviated septums and their parents go, yeah, he did actually break his nose, but you know, he got hit in the face with a bat. We didn't take him in though, because we just figured, eh, not going to do an issue or, or not going to make this a bigger issue. But ultimately that affects how a child breathes, which can affect growth. You hear this all the time from my friends, Becca Bacco and other people. We talk about uh, how we breathe and growth all the time. The other kind of hidden gem or hidden uh, nightmare, I should say, is what happens when they have neck injuries to their upper cervical spine. These, I'm going to go into a little bit more depth later, but super common. And it's very, you know, 
injuries that we think are benign, you know, kids running into each other, kids bumping heads, running in or, you know, hitting their chin on the swimming pool. And back to what I was mentioning, there's a really great Instagram account that I would urge everyone that's listening to follow that it's, it's called kids getting hurt. And I, I would say that every dentist actually needs to like follow this because these types of injuries you see on this, they, they all affect us. And especially orthodontists and anyone trying to deal with facial growth and help kids grow properly. These types of injuries, they look like everyday stuff. They create havoc on our facial growth, which creates orthodontic issues. And, and we need to know, you know, how did we get here to know how to treat it? Right. And so part of our pop culture, even growing up as a kid, I remember Sunday watching America's funny home videos, you know, and I'm not a big TikTok guy, but I will tell you, it's, it's funny to watch a baby like do something funny and then fall. I don't ever want anybody to get hurt, but uh, we've become a culture of enjoying that, that, that comedic value of that kind of stuff, haven't we? Yeah. And I, I, I would say that I don't, you know, I, I, I watch that. I know a lot of kids younger than me. I just had a couple of, of people that work at my office get accepted to dental school. And I was trying to like talk to them about this stuff a, a little while ago in terms of funny some videos or just the older uh, shows. And they're just like, what? <laughs> so right. I think this younger generation doesn't know what we're talking about. But that's where I say there are some newer things in terms of pop culture that highlight, as you mentioned, things that we think are funny. Kids right. falling, kids face planning you know, falling on their skateboards, whatever it might be. And I'm not saying I personally think they're funny. I look at it and go, oh no, that, right. that kid's going to need this, 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 and this to fix right. what just happened in that, that split second for them. Yeah. And probably, I mean, in the first place, you're going to guide us on this, but one of the things to, to be aware of this is that when we're talking about trauma on a knee level is we just have to be better on the front end as far as asking the right questions diagnostically. Is that, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, absolutely. So on my intake for any new patient, there is a whole section that is, you know, have you had any head or neck trauma? Uh, have you had any injuries that, that affect that area? And most often people skip over that and think, you know, okay, they didn't have, again, a, a major injury or a cannon injury that, that they can go back on and go, oh, yeah, we had this car accident. He had to go see this guy. And ultimately, you know, that leads to some gray area or, or more questions that I need to ask, which is that as I do my exam, if I start to see signs of joint injuries or airway problems or neck issues or, you know, just kids holding their, their head asymmetrically and all of that, uh, essentially, I need to ask more questions as to were there any incidents that, that came along here. And so I really think that us as dentists need to be really good diagnosticians and ask really good questions about trauma because it's there for most kids. It's, you know, whether the parents realize it or not. And the hard thing is I mentioned earlier, I've, I've got two girls, you know, the, the aspect of that question sometimes comes across as, you know, parents get a little bit defensive and I'm not ever trying to, you know, parent shame anybody, but back to the bottom line for me, is that if a, if a young child has a joint injury early in life or has, you know, falls on their chin, has to have stitches or hits their head on the bathtub, you know, that can compress their TMJ. And a lot of times I see young kids as young as six years old, seven years old, when we do their MRI of their joints because they're clicking and popping, they've got complete displaced discs. They've got really bad uh, architecture within their joint because of those injuries. 
And essentially what that does is it starts to stunt their growth of their jaw joints. And so if we have one jaw joint that's not growing properly, then because of an injury, then we start to see facial asymmetry start to ensue. We also see a lot of kids with just very retronathic class two mandibles. And when I do their MRIs, which that's a huge part of my practice, we, we've done close to 2000 MRIs to this day uh, on orthodontic kids mostly, they, they don't have discs in place when they have class two growth, when they have asymmetries, when they have open bites. Those are the three big things that all point towards a joint injury. So when you're doing your exam, and even before I see that patient, I've got a good idea just from looking at facial photos, you know, is there, there's probably something up with this patient's joints. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about the airway side too, but you know, you can see signs of airway, you can see signs of neck injuries before you ever say hello to that patient in person. Yeah. You know, those, those are things that show up very easily just with eating photos or just watching the kid walk by on the way to your exam room. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and so you've broken, broken this up into three points, the joints, airway, neck issue. I'd love for you to take us through, you know, we talked about joints. Um, what should we be aware of? Like, what, how should we be thinking about this as far as the future goes? Yeah. So if, if back to, again, in, you know, the, the growth center of the, the mandible or the lower jaw is one of the principal's growth centers is our condyles, which is our jaw joints. And again, if that growth center is injured, we see repercussions on growth of the face. And it's not just the lower jaw. What I see over and over again is that if a patient has a displaced disc on one side versus the other, it doesn't just disrupt their mandibular growth, but their, their maxillary growth on the same side of that joint injury gets affected too. If the mandible is not growing properly and it's not dry, you know, interacting with the maxilla in the way it normally would on one side versus the other, I see this all the time where the maxilla is also asymmetric towards that side. And we all, we get also underdevelopment of the maxilla in kind of a unilateral way. So what does that look like in terms of the patient? That looks like a canted smile. That looks like their jaw, their, their smile is going up towards that shorter side. I see it all the time. Uh, the other thing is I do myself, Dr. Kurt Ringhofer, Dr. Jim McKee, uh, and Seth Atkins. We have our Chicago study club for our members. We've started doing some triangular measurements of the mandibular growth, looking at the, you know, basically triangular or sorry, the growth of asymmetries of the mandible. We're also doing it with the maxilla now. And what we see over and over again, again, is if the mandible is stunted on one side, the maxilla is stunted on one side too. Right. And so as we're looking as diagnosticians, you know, I know we typically think of maxillas are airway, airway, airway. Joints influence maxillary growth, too. And there's some very nice papers uh, that have, have highlighted that, too. Uh, you know, there's some meta-analysis that I'm blanking on the name or the, the I think it was Daniel Manfredini that showed that maxillas and mandibles are very much affected by joint injuries. So, you know, that's that's. You can see this though. The patient walks in your room and they've got asymmetric. Their their face on one side just looks smaller. We usually call it hemifacial microsomia. It's a dead ringer for a joint injury. I will tell you that for sure. Yeah, and absolutely. And just thinking about sports for kids and the injury factor. As a father of four, I mean, I know another kid in our community. He's had seven concussions, seven. And you mentioned dance. I don't have any kids in dance, but I hear the dance injury, you know, percentage is very high. I also learned that soccer is very high 
and a lot of head injuries too, as you can imagine. So it's amazing how, you know, I, I don't know if we're aware of it. I don't know if it's a concussion protocol, but we see injuries more now, I think, than we've ever seen with children. Don't you think? I totally agree. And I think one, kids are much more active from younger ages and they're playing a lot of competitive sports or dance or, you know, cheerleading and things like that. And I don't want anyone to misconstrue what I'm saying. And I, kids need to live their lives. They need to play sports. They need to get out there and do, you know, be active. But sometimes things that happen in those sports can have repercussions again. And you mentioned, mentioned dance. One of the ones that we see and comment on a lot is cheer, cheerleading. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, like I said, my seven-year-old daughter two weeks ago had a cheerleading camp and I'm sitting there in the stands when they do their big production and they're doing stunts on little girls that are, you know, six, seven years old and they're lifting them up. And my daughter is the base and I'm going, Quincy, watch, watch your face whenever these kids are, whenever you're letting this girl down. Cause you know, if you take an elbow or a knee to the face, that's an injury. That's it, it might not break your nose. It might not give you a concussion, but that's a jarring injury to your facial structures right. and, you know, joints, neck injuries, they happen all the time in young kids. Um, you know, my youngest daughter had a girl on her softball team, again, seven years old. And this girl woke up and had a neck injury where she could her, she couldn't like be mobile on her side. And I'll go, well, I asked her dad, I said, Hey, anything happened? She, he's like, yeah, she fell off the trampoline yesterday, but you know, she seems okay. I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to, I'm going right. to see this girl soon and have to unwind all this. So, yeah. so like I said, it's, I'm not in any way shaming parents. I'm a parent. I've watched my kids face plant. I've watched my oldest daughter run into a table and have to have stitches on her cheek. And it's every time I see it now, I go, uh Oh, I better check these things out. So back to the cheerleading thing. I, this is a very important comment for any orthodontist listening, because in orthodontics, there's this common term that, that comes up where we call something where, a, a, especially a teenage female, that after their orthodontics, we're watching them have a joint in, or issue, and we just commonly allude to it as cheerleading syndrome. Oh, that's cheerleader syndrome. Pretty classic. You know, that's, that's kind of the verbiage that people use. Well, what is it really? You know, that's not just it happened because they were, you know, a cheerleader or a female or their teenage female. It just happens, you know, idiopathically. No. There is 100% correlation. And like I said, if you watch some of these sports or dancers or, or stunt routines, there's a high, there's a lot of times where things, you know, have jarring uh, either impact or whiplash type movements that happen in the head and neck region. And that can sure uh, disrupt a lot of problems during ortho or afterwards and start to have jaw joint meltdown and, and problems because we're displacing a disc. Yeah. And on the front end of this, as you can imagine, this conversation gets you know, more and more clear to us in this profession. It's one of the most important conversations in all of dentistry. And I think number one, just being aware, asking great questions, and at least knowing what we're looking for. I want you to talk about the airway piece of this after Tron, because I'm I'm especially interested in this for so many reasons. But you you go first and I have a thought after that. Yeah. So I, I commonly say this uh to colleagues and to parents, but there's there's two parts to our airway. And I think that we very often construe the airway world as only an OSA, obstructive sleep apnea world. What I find so often is that, or what I allude to is the two parts of the airway, which is one, the nasal airway, and two, the pharyngeal airway. So why would an injury to the face affect either of these? 
So I see a lot of kids that say they, you know, again, play football, play sports, have been, you know, a pretty common thing that back to soccer, they get hit in the face with a soccer ball, you know, and basically parents will, I've had several parents lately, I don't know if it's just me, but say, oh yeah, we, we knew he broke his nose. They told us, you know, at the doctor, he broke his nose, but they're not going to do anything to, you know, set this at this point because he's just a kid. So we're just going to watch. Well, then my next question is, well, can he breathe through his nose now? And a lot of times what ends up happening or what parents say is, well, he does sound pretty nasally a lot after the accident. And, you know, he does kind of breathe with his mouth open more. Yeah, I kind of see that. Well, that is the kid orthodontically that has the narrow maxilla, because when you breathe through your mouth, your tongue does, it can't live in the roof of your mouth. It can't drive that maxillary growth the way it needs to. And we end up with narrow maxillas. We end up with a lot of crowding of our teeth. And we end up with an or- what looks like just an orthodontic issue. But if we don't look under the surface and, and ask questions, then we start to say, or then we miss the point, I should say. And so back to how do we actually look at these injuries? We need 3D imaging. We need CBCT at minimum to see noses. We need CBCT at minimum to see joints. We need it to see necks. And so ultimately, that's a, that's a big consequence of facial injuries is that if the nose gets involved in some sort of injury, that's going to affect their breathing. And if they're not breathing through their nose, that's going to affect their growth, especially in the maxillary region. Um, to the other side of our airway, which is the pharyngeal side, this doesn't get talked about a lot, which is that when we have back to the joints, if we have a joint injury and we're stunting our mandibular growth because of that, then if the mandible doesn't grow forward, then it, it really hangs back and our pharyngeal airway starts to get really impacted. I can't tell you how, I mean, there's lots of research, lots of papers that have looked at class two or retronathic uh, patients, especially adults that have, you know, very significant airway, you know, OSA types of, of issues because their pharyngeal airway is very collapsible because their mandible is not forward, it's back. And so what if we could have caught this early rather than letting them get to 20, 30, 40 years old and having this really significant pharyngeal airway issue? If we could have caught the joint injury early enough and been able to support that joint and the growth and understood what the, you know, how to do that based off of the MRI imaging that we take, then we could have given this kid a shot at having a normal projected mandible and growing normally, which, which allows their pharyngeal airway to develop properly. So back to the two parts of the airway, you know, injuries to our, our nose, injuries to our joints, they affect those two parts of the, the airway, especially. And if we catch that early in life, we give this kid the best chance of growing properly, breathing properly, sleeping properly, uh, having better you know, attention in school, just this, all the consequences of not breathing well. Uh, and how they often begin is, you know, if we have a facial injury or a head or neck injury. Right. So if we catch, if we know what to look for early, we're going to give a better shot here. Yeah. And sometimes just being aware of this. And again, this is really weird that we're having this conversation today. So Drew, I just got back from a three-day trip up north with 10 15 year old boys four dads we had two cabins so the adults slept in one cabin as you can imagine and the 15 boys all in the and walking in there i mean it was frightening to hear how many of them snoring and snoring really loudly i i I didn't count but i'm gonna guess five to six of them most of them football players and like I'm not, I'm not going to diagnose or bring that up right now. But you could, you could imagine. I mean, I do a lot of this podcasting stuff and listening to you. That's not good. That's not a good trajectory. You know, as, as they shouldn't be, all. they shouldn't no. be snoring. Correct. 
Absolutely. And on that note, I mean, you mentioned, okay, active kids, these are football playing kids. We think of them as being in pretty good shape. Like we're not, we're not really worried about them from a health consequence right now, but I can tell you, I see so many just kids that are wrecked because they're not sleeping well. And I mean, how many of our professional athletes do we we see or read about now that are sleeping in, you know, hyperbaric chambers or, you know, basically kind of maximizing their oxygen while they're sleeping because they know it affects their performance. Well, you know, high school kids that aren't sleeping well, they're probably not getting the best rest. They're probably not feeling that great whenever they go into school that day. And then back to their football field performance, stuff like that. I mean, where, what could they have been? Right. And so, you know, back to it. I mean, we, we, we think often of the airway people as adults that are sleep apnea, overweight, out of shape, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's quite the opposite. There are so many kids that don't present that way at all or adults that don't present as overweight and issues that have the worst sleep. And when we look at their nose, their pharyngeal airway, their jaw structure, if they're retronathic jaw structure, they are set up to, they're set up for this pretty early in life to have these problems. And again, if we could have caught that earlier, we could have made a difference in the trajectory of that kid's life from a health standpoint, from a growth standpoint, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about the third bucket. And you mentioned it earlier is the head neck issues, the skeletal challenges that become part of this yeah, conversation. absolutely. So, you know, at the same time as any of these other types of injuries, you know, back to getting hit in the nose or getting, you know, having a jaw joint injury, what's connected to that? Our neck and the, the upper cervical spine, especially C1, C2 issues, super common in kids. It's frightening. And again, they're not in pain. So we don't sit there and go, oh, this might, you know, I'm, I, we take them to the chiropractor because his neck's hurting. Often young kids don't ha- present with pain. But what I see on my CBCT images, and I always go through the slices of the upper cervicals because, you know, I see all the time C1 rotated posteriorly towards one side, uh, C2 very often, you know, a lot, you know, kind of also rotated. And if those two in particular are rotated posteriorly on one side, the, the nerves in that area, namely our anticervicalis, which the, those nerves exit between C1 and C4. So sorry for any dentist, this does bring back up head and neck anatomy class. <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. I know you can't get away from that ever. But those nerves control the sympathetic nervous system tone to our head, our neck, and our shoulder on each side of our body. And so if we are rotated on, on our upper cervicals back because of an injury, and that is compressing those nerves. What we see over and over again is that those nerves, those nerves overfire. If our sympathetic nervous system's overfiring, that means blood vessels are constricted. And if our blood vessels are constricted, that means less oxygen to growing tissues. And so if we think about, you know, these patients again that have facial asymmetries, we I often see neck issues that are rotated back towards that side, especially C1, C2 issues. And again, it comes from an injury. You C1 is unique because it does not, it has a very, very tight junction to the base of our skull. And it's really not one that's meant to rotate freely and it doesn't rotate freely. It has to kind of be forced if it's going to have any type of, of rotation. Some people, I will say with the caveat, have looser ligaments like people with elder unlose, people with you know, joint laxity issues, which makes those vertebrae more loose or able to rotate. But in general, if we have an upper cervical issue on a young growing or young growing kid and they're not getting the oxygen, the nutrients to that side of their face, their head, their neck, 
they often grow asymmetrically even further towards that side. The other thing is that if our sympathetic nervous system is overfiring on one side more than the other, we see muscle tightness. I, it, this is the kid that if you're a myofunctional therapist listening, which I work with myofunctional therapists all the time. But if you, if, if, when you take your pictures, this is the kid that has one shoulder higher than the other side. They kind of lean their head towards that side. Uh, sometimes they have just you know, tighter facial, facial musculature on that side of their body. And again, the dynamics of growth, if we see those things happening in, in a young growing kid and their, their muscles are tighter, they're not getting oxygen, we see that side especially not grow properly. And we get more and more facial asymmetries, more torsions, more, you know, cranial strain is another word that gets thrown out there. I see it. And again, we can dive back to a lot of neck injuries in these young, young kids. It's sad to think about. And so, again, if we know where to look, we can get these kids help. I work all the time with what's called an Atlas Orthogonal Chiropractor. Uh, we are fortunate to have one here in Albuquerque. But she's, she tells me all the time, she's like, thank you for sending the young kids because she knows what these young kids become when they get older. And if you have increased sympathetics on one or both sides, as you're getting older, that starts to also present itself in other weird ways. You know, people that have ringing in their ear or tinnitus, people that have hearing or sensory loss on one side or have headaches, uh, very often have upper cervical issues driving that. And so again, I, I can't tell you how common this is and it's frightening. And I never thought about this before I met Mark Piper, uh, you know, a few years ago. And he said, hey, sympathetics are it. Everything is driving sympathetics in the wrong way. If we're not breathing well, sympathetics are bad. If we have a joint injury and we have neck injury things that are driving sympathetics, this is a problem. And we have to unwind these things as early as possible. Yeah. I just think this is an interesting crossroads. This is the greatest profession ever. I mean, we're more equipped in the dental profession to help people live longer, healthier lives. And again, that's my opinion. And think about this. Your patients, the young ones, are going to be living longer than ever. And so this is not a problem that's going away, Drew, right? No, not at all. If anything, you know, we, you hit it right on. This is something that if we, if, you know, we need to give our patients the best chance of being, you know, having a longevity that, that's healthy and productive and, and you know, our job really, we operate in this head and neck region all the time. We catch so many issues uh, before they ever create a bigger problem or we can't, we have the opportunity to catch them, I should say, but we have to know where to look. Yeah. And back to somewhat controversial parts of this, we have to have the tools to look at this stuff. You need 3D imaging, you need CBCT, you need an MRI to be able to see the joints and the injury that, of that disc and the displacement. You can't go in blind. And sadly, especially in these areas, um, looking at under the surface things with the nasal airway, pharyngeal airway, neck, uh, also our joints, we've traditionally gone in blind because we've said we don't want to take x-rays whenever there's not a big, big problem. But I'm going every single orthodontic patient that walks in my office has these things under the surface and it is making them an orthodontic patient where they have bad bites, where they have crowded teeth. We need to get to the, the source of this problem before, you know, before we make our plan. And so the hesitancy in orthodontics, especially right now, taking imaging on kids to adults or whatever, it, it's going to go away. The, the wave's here. There's so much evidence showing that those problems are so present and we need our, our imaging technologies are so advanced now with less radiation than they ever used to be. 
we cannot live in a 2D world. And sorry, I'll get off my soapbox, but that comes up all the time where it's like, why do we need to take this 3D x-ray? Because I don't see any problems. Well, the problems are underneath the surface. And if you don't know what that problem is, whether it be an airway issue, joint issue, or, you know, uh, or a neck issue. And if you don't understand how that's affecting the growth of that patient or why it's creating this bad bite, then yeah, you can hide in 2D world all the time. But if you understand these things and see them like I do, like it's in, like you see in the research that, that is, you know, coming out over and over and over again. Now at this point, we can't hide our head in the sand anymore with, with the 3D imaging or even with MRIs. We have to be there as orthodontists. Yeah. Amen, brother. So well said. So I've got a couple more things I want to, I want you to talk about your study club and some other things, but any, before we do that, any last thoughts you have on kids getting hurt and the consequences it has on facial growth? Yeah, just to kind of summarize the, the message from today, you know, really ask good questions. If you see certain facial patterns like narrow maxillas, uh, crowding, a lot of crowding of teeth, be, be starting to say, okay, is there a nasal breathing issue here? and start asking questions about, you know, trauma. I know we also know that sometimes when maxillas aren't growing well because of, you know, things that, that can also lead to a deviated septum, you know, either way, if it's trauma induced or the other, or, or growth induced in terms of, of nasal issues there, we still need to ask these questions and they come up all the time. Uh, the other is, you know, if you see class two asymmetric growth, open bites, I think we absolutely have to rule out that, that this is not a joint injury. And the only way to see is we have to image. We have to look at those joints with some imaging. We have to ask questions too. If somebody bring, if parents mention any sort of, you know, my kid, I guess he had a concussion. He did run into Johnny. They smacked heads, you know, or if you just look at the kid walking in and he's got a scar on his forehead or on his chin, dead ringer. We need to know that there's probably a, a head or neck injury that led, that, that happened. And we also need to know what could this be doing to this child's growth? And then we have to know what imaging and what diagnostics we need to be able to see. And also, you know, just kind of back to the, the commonality of this doc, work by Dr. Mark Piper, Kurt Shellhouse. Um, there, it's decades old at this point, but it shows that there are ex, it is extremely common for kids to have joint injuries and head and neck injuries. And again, this is something that puts these patients in our orthodontic chairs. We have to know how to ask questions. We have to know what to do after we get the answers to those questions too. So I can't harp on it enough. This is, this affects us all and it's prevalent everywhere. And again, just, if you don't believe me, go on that, that Instagram handle, the kids getting hurt, go what, you know, if you ever hang out with your nieces and nephews or your own kids, just watch what happens. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. Their kids play and it's, it's violent sometimes. But ultimately, we have to know and respect that those things can affect the growth of our patients over time. Yeah, Drew, amazing, buddy. So well said. And I'll say it again and again and again. You're changing the world, not only in dentistry, but making a lot of people's lives better. Um, I'm going to say this to you. If you're listening and you have a study club, you haven't had Drew speak. You have to have Drew speak. Whether you're a GP or an orthodontist, you might be listening to this going, you don't understand. Like nobody in my community would really get this. What a great place to start with a great educator like Drew. Heck, watch his masterclasses. Or I've had several orthodontists say, I need that masterclass so I can start the conversation with my GPs. I've had GPs say, I need that masterclass 
so I can at least start the conversation. So we're happy to send that to you. And again, my email is kirkadakdental.com and I'll send it to you. And then Drew, I want you to talk about your study club. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing uh, with uh, Jim McKee. Just talk about the philosophy, why you're doing it. Can you say that? Can you mention a few words about that? Yeah, absolutely. We So Jim McKee, myself, uh, Dr. Kurt Ringhofer, and Dr. Seth uh, Atkins, who's down in Wachahatchee, Texas. Uh, I but, butcher always how to say that word. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the uh, we've got our study club. It's called the Chicago Study Club. Uh, what we talk about is everything I just mentioned, especially jaw joints, the airway side. I would say it's one of the most or it is the most progressive uh, growth and development uh, quite honestly, a uh, study club that I've ever been part of because we have so many different dynamic viewpoints. Jim has traditionally been uh, known and, and spoke all the time about the, the effect of jaw joints, especially on how to treat them in adults. We talk all the time about kids now. You know, Kurt is looking at the airway side. He, he does a lot of mentoring at Spear uh, with Jeff Rouse in terms of the airway workshops and all that. Seth Atkins brings the technology side of things. You know, he and I both have a couple really great technologies of you know newer technologies that are working on. One one is called Modjaw, which is a 4D motion capturing. But basically, what Seth has brought is how do we execute these plans based off of our current technology? You know, ExoCAD. How do we 3D print to to execute the dental plan to what we saw diagnostically? And then there's just me, the lowly orthodontist, who's talking about all this fun stuff <laughs> that I do. So, you know, the nidus of all this, again, is that not a lot of people are talking about this in a, uh, in a synergistic way. You know, we have a lot of education camps that talk about joints. We have a lot that talk about airway uh, separately and kind of maybe intermingle a little bit of those. I, I do feel like at one of our biggest missions on the Chicago Study Club is how do we how do these things interact and how do we need to to look at patients to diagnose them with imaging the MRI side, that's a huge point of, of teaching how to do the imaging, how to read the imaging. That's really what we talk about there. And I can't say enough about, you know, kind of all of our mentor, Dr. Mark Piper, who was somebody who taught us, you know, his whole life and career was something that really brought to light everything that we're talking about here. And so much of what I practice as an orthodontist came from an oral surgeon, and, you know, Dr. Mark Piper and what he has brought to light in the world of dentistry. And so I can't thank him enough. We can't, we can never not acknowledge him whenever we talk about what we learned. Um, so I'm excited with where we're going. Uh, this fall, we actually have an orthodontic specific meeting. So we're inviting everyone who's in the study club to invite their orthodontist. And it's me and, and our uh, radiologists that we're talking through all of this stuff. And especially the joint injuries, the MRIs, everything here. And how does it affect orthodontics specifically? So very excited for things to come on this front. Yeah, this is so awesome. It is so fun to watch what you're up to. Just keep doing it, man. And and uh, I am so proud of you and, and watching the influence that you have. We're going to list all the links, everything. If you guys aren't taking notes, don't worry. We're taking notes for you. If you flip up to the show notes, whether it's on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, whatever, you're going to see links to everything Drew has mentioned. So if you're interested in any of the things he mentioned, like the study club, you know, you, you have to be you, you just can't join. You have to be let in, right? Like I, I, not everyone can join. I, I think we, we have should. a secret knock and everything too. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, kidding. the point no. is this, you're, you're keeping the level high where people are contributing to it. So it's not just a study club that you can join. And so you'll see a link to that if you're interested uh, and you want to reach out to, 
to Drew uh, and learn more. But uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you being on before vacation here. Absolutely. Happy happy Fourth of July to you guys. And then it's always great to be with you and look forward to the next time here. Absolutely. We will do it again and again and again. So stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this because I'm loving this. And uh, I get requests on this stuff all the time. Keep showing up because we're going to keep bringing it. And uh, we'll keep lining up great stuff in on the road ahead. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys, enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information, so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.